0: I don't know if you guys have ever lived a lie, but living a lie can be really, really fun until it kills you. On October the 31st, 2014, I was diagnosed with celiac disease. And if you don't know what that is, it means that the villi in my intestines cannot absorb gluten. And gluten is found in wheat and barley and rye and oats. And so what that means is if I eat any of those things, then in the short term, I spend a lot of time getting acquainted with the toilet. And in the long term, I get cancer and I die. So it's not that great to have celiac disease. Now, it wasn't much of a surprise to me that I got diagnosed with this, that I found out that I was a glutard. It happened because my... Dad is a glutard, and my auntie is a glutard, and I have cousins who are glutards, and my adopted sister, she also has celiac disease. So I guess you could say it runs in the family for want of a better term. But the thing that happens for me was I knew that this could be true, but I did not want to hear it. Because there are so many good things with gluten in them. Like, if you can't eat gluten, then you can't eat Krispy Kreme donuts. And you can't eat Vegemite. And you can't eat normal pasta. And you can't eat Milo. And you can't eat soy sauce. And you can't eat Cocoa Pops. You can't even eat some vitamin C tablets. It is the worst. If you... Have celiac disease. So I decided I do not want to get tested for that. I do not want to know if I have this disease. I want to live my life eating whatever the heck I want. And for years, I just would get intermittently sick and I would just say, Oh, it happens to everyone. And people would say, Tom, you should go to the doctor. I was like, I do not want to go to the doctor. I want to eat good pasta. That's what I want. (laughs) And, they, and so people kept telling me to do this until eventually things got so bad that like for three years, I was just losing weight. And I got sick pretty much daily, like I would just have these stomach cramps. And then it all kind of came to a head like a week before I got married. And I was hanging out with my brother-in-law. I'd been sick the day before. And I was like, look, when you're sick, you've got to just eat a simple meal. So in the morning, I got up and I had some toast with Vegemite on it, which is pretty much gluten toasted with gluten on top. So I ate that. It was like the worst thing I could eat. And so we went to Ikea to pick up some stuff for the wedding. And I was walking around Ikea saying, man, this maze is making meals sicker than normal. This is the worst. I'm feeling terrible. And then we drive to Costco and we get to Costco, I'm like, I can't even go in, I just have to stay in the car. So I sent my brother-in-law in, I just put the seat back and I lay there in so much pain in my stomach. I was like, this is the worst, until eventually I'm like, I, can, I can last, I can last, I'm like, I cannot last I need to go, so I jumped out of the car and I ran through the car park and I went up the uh, up the ramp. Which it turns out, the ramp at Costco is kind of like they got the Great Wall of China and then like made it into an accordion, and you just spend it forever. Like they could see me from space. And I got up into Costco and I found the toilets. And while most people go to Costco to get things in bulk, I got to drop things off in bulk. That's what I did at Costco. And so eventually I was like, this is so bad, I need to go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor and she tested my blood and then I came back to her later in the the week and it was on the day before I went down to where I was getting married and she said, Tom, you have celiac disease and you've had it for a long time. And I think she looked at me and she was like, you are so close to dying. I think she was really inspired by me that I was someone who was, you know, so sick, but loved gluten so much (laughs) they would hold on to gluten even if it almost killed them. And uh, But I had to give it up because if I lived that lie, then I would have died eventually. This is a photo of me Uh, on my wedding day or the day before I got married it looks like one of those photos of people who are like dying of cancer and they're like the last thing I want to do is get married and it's like I died like two weeks later but luckily I didn't. I put on heaps of weight because I stopped living this lie that I could eat gluten and be okay, and I started living as I truly was as a glutard, and now I'm, I'm doing fine, and I don't get sick very often at all. We can get rid of that before people start having nightmares, but <laughs> I'm telling you this uh, because in the passage that we saw read to us today... The people that Jesus is talking to, he's telling them an unpleasant truth that they don't want to hear. He's telling them that they have been living a lie. If you have a look at the passage, if you've got a Bible, you can have a look. Uh, It says, I'm on completely the wrong page, I'm in Mark, which is a different bit of the Bible. Here, this is what it says. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the people, they hear this, and they get really offended. They're like, Jesus, that's not right. They say, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? They don't like Jesus saying, implying that they might be slaves. It, it, it makes them feel like they're bad Israelites. Like if you told an American that the USA is not the greatest country in the world, they will get offended. Or, if you tell someone from New Zealand that New Zealand is just another state of Australia, they will get offended. If you tell someone from Israel that they have been slaves, they're getting offended. And Jesus then continues to just make things worse. And he says to them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. He's saying to them, You guys are slaves. If you have broken God's law, you are slaves. It's not about whether or not you have someone ruling over you, some political master. It's about the fact that because you are sinners, you are slaves to sin. Because you have broken God's law, you are a slave to sin. This is not a truth that you want to hear. It's a hard truth to swallow, But if you are going to be free from slavery, then you need to know that you are a slave. It's a worse thing to live in a lie and face death than to be told the truth and to be set free. And the truth is for us here that we, and I'm going to tell you some bad news now, but we also are slaves to sin, that if we are people who have broken God's law, if we have done something which disobeys God, if we haven't loved him properly or loved others properly, then we have sinned. Jesus said anyone who sins is a slave to sin. We have become slaves to sin. So whether it's because you have lied to someone or because you have not loved your parents the way you should or because you've been rude to your brother or sister, you have sinned. You've become a slave to sin. And chances are, whether or not you want to believe it, you know deep down that it is true. You know there are sins that you just can't stop doing. As much as you want to stop, you can't stop. You know, when I was about some of your age, when I was uh, in year six, actually, so a little bit younger than you, my family, was. we got the internet. And in my day... When we got the internet, it was pretty new. It was pretty exciting. We had to get like a big computer and we plugged it into the phone line, then it rung up, it was like doo do doo doo-doo. You could hear your phone making your computer making a phone call, which was really exciting. And then it talked to the other computer and went did and made these noises. It was like R2D2 was stuck in your computer. It was really fun. And then uh, you could go on the internet and you could like just go and do heaps of stuff, which in those days, there was the only thing you could do was like download Simpsons sound effects. So I did that. But then I had heard that on the internet, there were naked people. Particularly, I was interested in the naked women. That's what I was hearing. And I was like, maybe I could go have a look at that. And I was like, no, Tom, don't look at that. You shouldn't do that. That's a bad thing to do. But they're naked ladies. And I was like, don't do it. And then I was like, well, maybe what I could do is I could just go and have a look so I know what not to look at. So I'll check if there are naked ladies there, and I'll be like, yep, that's there, should not look there. So I went and had a look, and i like, well, yep, there are naked ladies there, done, fine. But then my parents went out, and everyone left the house, and then I was like, oh, maybe I should just check if they're still there. <laughs> like, if they've disappeared, then well, the internet's safe again. So I went back and had a look. Oh, they're still there. Oh, there we go. And then every time, I would often be like, okay, no more of that. I shouldn't do that. And I'd just keep going back. And I'd want to stop. And I realized that if I was looking at, at naked women, that it wasn't honoring to women, that I was treating them as objects just to be looked at. People for my visual pleasure, not as real humans. I knew this and I didn't want to do it anymore. But when I was alone, home alone, my computer would call to me. He'd be like, Tom, boobies. I'd be like, no computer, I'm not doing that. Be like, but Tom, there's boobies. Be like, no. It's like, Tom, if you look at them in black and white, it's art boobies. And I'd be like, well, I do like art, I love art. I better go do some art homework. And then, like, I didn't care about art at all. And I couldn't stop, but I I was a slave to my sin. And chances are, you know what that's like. Some of you know exactly what that's like. Others of you will struggle with other things. Things where you said, I'm not going to do that anymore. And you just keep going back and you do it again and again and again. And again. It might be a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in, but you just keep going back. It might be the fact that you've decided that you are going to stop gossiping about your friend, but you just keep doing it. There might be a group of friends where you're like, when I hang out with them, I don't turn into the kind of person I want to be. But you just keep hanging out with them. There are things that we just keep doing We just keep going back to our sin because we are slaves to sin. My guess is you know exactly what Jesus is talking about in this passage. So the question then is, well, how can you escape? How can you stop living the lie that you are free and actually become free, find true freedom? How can you be set free? Well, normally when you would escape Slavery, you would find you know, some kind of way out. I've been watching this TV show, it's called Underground, and uh, I'm up to the second episode. So if you've watched it, don't spoil it for me. But what has happened so far is there's some slaves in the American South and they're plotting their escape. And so they're getting a team together and they're making a plan and they're forging documents and they're, they're, they're figuring out how much money they've got and trying to work out what the route is to escape. But we can't do that without slavery because our slavery is not outside of us. Our slavery is in us. Our sin is inside of us. So we cannot escape this slavery. Wherever you go, there you are. And you know what's worse is that we get told in the Bible that this slavery, it pays us. Normally you don't get paid for slavery. But this slavery pays. In the book of Romans in chapter 6, it tells us, When it talks about being slaves to sin, it says the wages of sin is death. Now, minimum wage is pretty bad, but death, that is a worse wage. You do not want to get paid in death. But we get paid in death because that is the penalty for our sin. We get paid with eternal death because we have chosen to break God's law. And we continue to break God's law. So the question is, how do we get free? Well, Jesus gives us some of the answer here. In fact, he probably gives us all the answer. He says this, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And what Jesus is doing there is he's showing the difference between a son and a slave. A son is someone who is in the family. They have rights and privileges as a son. They're safe in the family. A slave can be gotten rid of whenever. A slave can be punished. A slave can be kicked out. A slave has no safety. A son has full safety. Now, we don't encounter slaves all that much these days, especially not slaves like it was in Bible times. Uh, So maybe if I can speak about something else, we might understand. We do understand what it means to be an employee. Is there anyone here who has a job? Great. Who here works at Macca's? Yes, good on you. Who here works in a cafe? Any cafe workers here? Yeah, a few of you. Anyone here work at a cinema? Yes, cinema workers. I got my first job in a cinema, and the way that uh, I got this job was because I had to do work experience for school, and I was terrible at organizing work experience. All my other friends got onto it really early, so they got to work in like you know, big executive offices you know, with people who earned lots of money, or they got to go to TV studios or airports. I remembered about two weeks before I had work experience, I had to organize it. So I rang up the local cinema, I was like, Uh, Would you let me come and do work experience with you? And they're like, yeah, for sure, because they probably wanted the free child labor. So I went to the cinema, and I got to learn how to work at a cinema. It was great. I got to make popcorn, and I got to make chalk tops. I got to learn how to take tickets and and put the coffee on. I was pretty much uh, a high-flying cinema executive, I reckon, for that whole week, And then afterwards, the the manager who liked me, she came up to me and she was like, Tom, you've done a good job. Do you want to work for us? And I was like, yes, I do. I do want to work for you. I want a job in the cinema. I'm going to be in the movie industry. That sounds great. So I got given a job in the cinema and it went really well for like two weeks. I was working there. It's going so well. And then I went home at the end of one shift It was late at night and I got a phone call at about 10.30 at night and it was the other manager who didn't like me. And she was like, Tom, why didn't you put out the bins? I was like, I didn't know I need to put out the bins. She was like, well, you do need to put out the bins. I was like, sorry. And she was like, don't do it again. And I never did it again because I never got a shift again. I rang up for the next six weeks. I was like, do I have a shift? They're like, nope. And then the next week. Do I have a shift? Nope. Never did I ever get a shift again. I got fired for not taking the bins out. When you're an employee, it's easy to get rid of you, especially if you're a casual minimum wage 16-year-old. It's easy to kick them out. When you are a son, things are different. For the last like few years, I was living at home with my parents from like high school till a bit later. I had this job at home. My job was to sweep the driveway and the outdoor entertaining area. I think I did it four times in all the years. And my dad never rang me up and said, Tom, why did you not sweep the driveway? And I'm like, because I'm lazy. Like, you are lazy, Tom. And I'll tell you what just happened. You cannot come home. I have gone to the registry of births, deaths, and marriages, and I've got your birth certificate, and I've taken my name and your mother's name off the birth certificate. You are legally an orphan now. And you know what? You cannot have my last name anymore. You are not Tom French. I've changed your name. Your last name is now No Sweep, and your middle name is Lazy. You are now Tom Lazy No Sweep. Don't bother coming home because you are not part of this family. You are done. See you later, Mr. No Sweep. That didn't happen. That never happened, because as much as I didn't do my job, I was still part of the family. I was still welcomed in. I was always safe in my family. The employee you can kick out, but the son is safe in the family. And when you're in the family, you know that you are protected and looked after. Now, when Jesus is talking here about the son... He is talking about a very particular son. He is talking about the Son of God who is Jesus himself. For those of you who don't know exactly what's going on, we, Jesus is God, but we also talk about him as God the Son because of his relationship to God the Father in heaven. Now, he knows that he is the Son and that he is the only one who has not been a slave to sin, that he is safe in his relationship with his Father. But he, as a son, has certain rights and privileges that you do not have if you are a slave. He can set people free. He has the ability to find those who are slaves and give them true freedom. So the question then is, well, how does he do that? How does Jesus set us free? Well, if you remember, uh, going back, we see that the wages of sin is death. And we... Excuse me, I just burped. In case you're wondering, it was butter chicken from lunch. What was I talking about? Right, slavery to sin, the wages of sin is death. And we know this and we're like, I need to escape this slavery. And so we sometimes will try and save ourselves and we'll do all these things to set ourselves free. And it could be like, if you're the person who loves looking at porn then you decide that the best thing to do to set yourself free is just to reframe it, that you're just living out your freedom. Or if you're the person who's stuck in a toxic relationship, then instead you decide to set yourself free by reframing it and just calling it love. Or if you are the person who has you know, a terrible image of your body, then you decide to just reframe it and talk about clean eating and working really hard. Or if you're the person who is just so committed to your studies that you stress out completely, and you decide to just reframe it, and work harder, and call it diligence. And sometimes when we try and set ourselves free from our slavery, we make these things more important than they are, and they become the things that enslave us. Now, not all these things are bad. Some of them are. But love is not necessarily bad. It's definitely not bad unless you make it the most important thing. And being healthy is not bad and studying is not bad. But if it is the most important thing, you become a slave to it. So it's not us who can save it. It has to be someone else who pays the debt that we have. If sin pays off in debt, who, in death, who is going to pay it? It's the son. When Jesus comes, he comes as a man to live with us, to teach us how to live. And most importantly, to die for us and rise again. And as he dies, he pays the penalty for our sin. We pay, the, we pay the price for our sin if he doesn't do it. But he has done it on the cross. All the punishment that you deserve and that I deserve for our sin, for giving in to our temptations, to breaking God's law, Jesus pays it for us. So that if we trust in him, we will be set free. Those whom the Son set free will be free indeed. We can be free. If only we would trust in Jesus. We don't have to be slaves anymore. The Son can set us free. Now you might be thinking, some of you like, well, okay, I get that, but I know what you're saying. You want me to become a Christian, to put my trust in Jesus, and that sounds boring. Like, do I really want to do that? Do I just have to live this no fun life where I have to like pretend to be nice and live in a church? Is that what I have to do? Well, the truth is that when we become free, we get set free to live the life we were meant to live. God created us to be people who live for him, who don't give in to sin, but who live the life that he made us for, loving him and loving others. That is what we were created to do. And when we are living the way we were created to be, that is where we find true freedom. Let me illustrate this for you with the animal kingdom. I know probably a lot of you are big fans of the animal kingdom, and I know almost nothing about animals, but I'm going to show you everything I know. When I think about what is the most free creature in the world, it would probably be an eagle. Like Eagles are fantastic, and free, and they just like soar around, doing whatever the heck they want. And they're looking out, and they, they look down. And they're like, "Oh, well, there's some prey. I'm going to eat it." And they like, you know, find a rabbit to eat or a hobbit to save. It's really exciting if you're an eagle. If you're an Australian wedge-tailed eagle, you don't just have to eat like a mouse. You can like eat a sheep. Or a kangaroo, if you want, because you are the most awesome of all eagles. So you're flying around, having a good time, being totally free. But imagine if the eagle goes, look, this is really fun. I love eating rabbits and small children, but I reckon <laughs> where it is at is actually eating deep sea creatures. That is what it is all about. So then the eagle like, flies out to sea, and then it goes straight down into the water. Pshh and then find some fish, and, and then go, keeps going, looking for some squid, and it's like, this is the life. I am now a fish eagle. I am a feagle. That is what I am. That is how I will now live. If you are a feagle, you're not going to live that long, because eagles can't live underwater. At least I don't think they can. I tried Googling it. Can eagles live underwater? And Google laughed at me. So I'm pretty sure they can't live underwater. Because an eagle is not designed to live underwater. An eagle, if it chooses to do that, which it can, it'll die. That's not what it was made for. The eagle only has its freedom if it is where it is meant to be. And we only have our freedom if we are where we are meant to be, and that is living in relationship with God and living the way he calls us to live. So if you commit yourself to him, if you trust in Jesus and say, I will live for him, then you will find what it means to be truly free, to live where you love other people, to live with true and real and deep relationships, to live where you get to love the poor and change the world and tell other people about this great news about what God has done for us in Jesus, that is what it means to be truly free. You can have that freedom if you trust in Jesus. And now the last thing that I want to say is this. Some of you might be saying, "Look, I know that this sounds pretty good. But what about that sin that I just keep coming back to? Is God going to have enough of me?" Well, once you are in the family, once Jesus saves you, you stop being a slave and you become a child of God. Jesus gives you His status as God's child, and you get welcomed into the family, and that means God is never, ever going to kick you out. That means if you go back to that sin that you keep doing, He's going to forgive you, and He's going to love you. But what's more, He doesn't just leave you there. One of the gifts of being a child of God is that you get given the Holy Spirit, and He lives in you, and He helps you become more and more like Jesus every single day. And so little by little, you'll get better and better at resisting sin, better and better at becoming more like Jesus, till one day Jesus will come back and you'll be just like him. That is what it means to be truly free. That is what it means to be set free by Jesus. Whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. If you are a Christian, then what this means for you is that God, God has saved you in His Son, Jesus, and you now get to live a life of freedom. So live it. You don't need to beat yourself up over your sin. Jesus has already paid the price for your sin. Live a life living the way God has called you to live, loving Him and loving others, and you will discover what it means to be free. And if you are someone who is not a Christian, you haven't put your trust in Jesus, then you need to know that you are still a slave to sin. It's time to stop living a lie, to stop living and thinking that you can be free by living the way you weren't ever meant to live. You cannot find freedom outside of Jesus, but he has paid the price for your sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Why don't you put your trust in him? And when you do, you will see that He sets you free from your sin. And He sets you free to be a child of God and live for Him. Will you join us in freedom?